recording? Yeah, I'll just do it through here. Um, what actually was the impetus of this year um, was something in the Articles of Incorporation of our shul, um, which then made it into the bylaws of our shul, um, is about the bima. Um, if you look in the Articles of Incorporation, which I can show you because I have it on my computer, um, there are five things that the shul cares about. Like they list only five things that the shul is like, these are the things that define us. And one of them is kind of random. At least I, just by reading it, it seems kind of random. Um, so I made that source zero because, I don't know, it's not really a source, but it's like a, it's like a thought. Because um, <laughs> it's like the byproduct of what makes this whole shear, um, what makes the question happen, is is the bylaws. Um, can somebody read that? Yeah. To perpetuate the Orthodox Jewish rites and customs, and especially perpetuate and maintain at all times in any synagogue erected, maintained, or dedicated to the worship of this congregation, a bima located in the exact center of the synagogue and to perpetuate the custom of segregation of male and female and allotting different places for each and such other strictly orthodox customs are now falling into disuse. Okay, so separate from the extraordinarily <laughs> long sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's kind of weird, right? There are five there are five things that, that the shul cares about. And one of them is that there's separate seating. Um, and that the bima is in the middle of the shul. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, it's kind of funny because in Kol Israel, the bima isn't in the exact center of the shul. It's in the middle, but it's not in the exact center. Um, but it seems weird. Like, what is what in the world is this doing in the five? Like, I don't know. I could imagine like keeping Orthodox customs, but like out of anything. Like, what is this doing here? Um. I mean, it was one of the sticking points of, like, the early things of the reform movement. Right. So we're going to see that. So it was one of the things that ref the reform movement was changing. But still, like, I mean, yeah, beyond that, um, like, like, what is, like, kind of what is, what is going on here? Um, but yeah, that's certainly true. And another sticking point, even to further your point, another sticking point was the separate seating. Right. So those two things being different. And... What, we, what we're going to discuss today is try to figure out on our own is how legitimate is this? Like, how real, like, how, how like, real is this in halacha? Like, to what extent is this actually important, or is it just a sticking point in reform? So the question I'd like to ask is, let's say we're building a show, we're, we're built, we, something happens, uh, this isn't so far-fetched, but something happened to our building, and we needed to, we needed to knock it down and rebuild it. So the question is, is let's say we want to put the bima in the front of the shul. Like we want to put the bima instead of it being like its own thing down. So we wanted to put the bima up and facing the congregation. Just because, I don't know, it's nicer, um, it'll 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 um, it'll be better for for people to hear, it'll be better for the space because it's facing forward and it's just like, because it's narrow. Um, what can we do that? So the question is, I would like to ask, is does it have to be in the middle? So middle only. That's going to be this side. 
or front is okay. Any any thoughts? Does it have to be in the middle only, or does it have to be in the front? Any reason why one should one over the other? So one, I don't in like forgetting like yeah. all the reasons why. One reason why you might want in the middle is yeah. if you're trying to distinguish this as a tool, so that when you walk into the building, you realize that that's what the purpose is, and it's not something that other buildings have. So if it was in the front. If it's almost like a stage that it could be like a school or it could be another sort of religious place of worship or okay. so it, it distinguishes it and kind of keeps that use and that intention of the building. Why do you think why do you think that distinguishes it as a shul? Well, if you decide that's the characteristic that schools should have, then that's how they're designed. Okay. So you're kind of saying kind of following that one line pattern. I could also see well, like she also said like if you walk into a school auditorium or something like that where people gather, the stage is usually in the front. It's usually not in the middle. Right. So but I but I so I think you what you were getting at was two different things. The first thing is distinguish it from other things. Mm -hmm. So that's one. But within that is something I think deeper is that is is two that it is and has always been something that distinguishes it. Yes. Right? So, like, it almost is a, like, is a custom, like, it's, it's a defining characteristic. Mm -hmm. so, is it also a cohesiveness of the kahila, having it in the middle, like everybody is surrounding it? So, why, it? yeah, what do, what do you mean? It's in the middle, so everybody, we're all surrounding the Torah. We all belong as one. Okay, belonging as one. It's actually kind of one of the main reasons we're going to get. Any, uh, also, you can, yeah. like, if you're if someone's leaning or reading Dobbin, you can hear if everyone's in the middle and people are around you. You can hear what's going on. Hearing better, right? And those kind of, like, the... The belonging is more like a metaphysical mm -hmm. point on the fourth one. Mm -hmm. Any any ideas why? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess one one for for each. Um, I mean, as far as the hearing, I think you could you could say the opposite that if somebody is in the front and facing you, you could hear them better. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, good. But but they don't face you when they're laying. Well, the it, but they could. Meaning, like, in if you go into like a lot of conservative shuls, they do. So they they the bima is in the front and it faces the congregation, kind of like a. But then you're back toward the other taras, no? Yeah. 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 And they do that. Oh. In 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 um in the Jewish center, it's like that. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Um, facing is better for hearing. Is better for hearing. Um. Okay. But for for having it in, in the middle, um, like if the person leading is at the front, then you could say that like the focus is the person. Whereas if, if you want to say that the focus is the arm, then having the person in the middle makes oh. it like and they're Eddie they're performing a function, but they're not like they're not what the congregation is focusing on. They're and like when, doing something. When the Torah is in the front, everybody's facing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool, actually, because I don't. I mean, it might be within something we're going to talk about, but no one brings that up. I like that a lot. Any other reasons why front should be okay? Or maybe it's easier for men and women to see it better. Yeah, like 
Not uh, more on the men's side, should be more in the middle. In the front. It's everyone focused forward, right? It's like a stage. Yeah, because yeah. everyone focused forward. So it's easier to focus forward, for sure. Right? Like everyone, like, like, um, Kind of like we were, we saw a Cirque du Soleil show while we were in Vegas, and like it, things were going all around all over us, and it was it was hard to focus. Like when everything's kind of more isolated mm -hmm. in one place, it's a little easier. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I guess that's true. Like if it's if it's really in the middle, like not in the middle the way it is at Cold Israel, but if like like I've seen at other Orthodox shuls where it's in the middle, it means it's in the men's section. So, so exactly. like what you're saying is... Ah, yeah, so that's somewhere. Okay. So, so having it in the front means it's not in either of the men's or women's section. That's not Okay. Um, not sure about that. Um, underscore I am learning. Because you're right. I think it is easier, and I think that's probably part... That might even be part of the reason why they did it to begin with. Is to kind of separate it. I don't think I don't think that would have been why at our school because originally like the women were in the balcony. Oh no, I mean in uh, oh in general in general. Okay, like, when yeah. people start doing that. Yeah, maybe. I think one reason why you might or why people it may have developed that people some people do it in the front is that um, it does it kind of opposite of the other side, but it does raise the the uh, the the level of the people that are in the front and. So that it, it puts more attention on them and makes them feel like that. I'm missing the right word. Right. Like front row, like a stage. You get better. So it's the opposite of well, the focus on the own thing. Exactly. Um, it's like maybe those leaders focus on leaders. You know, sometimes you in some schools like the like the board chair will sit at the front. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like that's it, right. It, um, it's like a place of honor. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, like the rabbi, the president. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll still have that, like in in our show uh -huh. in Tinak, the rabbi sits up top, with next to the arm, even though the bima's in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm just gonna add one more thing here. It's who, who said, right? Who said I have to have it in the middle, right? Like I should be able to do whatever I want. If we decide for all these reasons to have it in the middle, that's great, fantastic. But who said we have to? Have in the base metrics, where do they have? I mean, what was going? I mean, are we taking things from the, you know, olden days? Is that they always had it in the middle? No. Okay, so tradition. Yeah. Is saying, did they always have it in the middle? I don't know. We're gonna, but tradition is like a real reason, right? So I think we have a whole bunch, and a lot of these things are gonna come up. Um, a lot of these are things are going to come up, and as we go through, um, what we're going to do is try and add to both sides and try and see um, if we can decide as we're going through. Um, so our, the first source um, is Rambam. Um, this is like the source, that, the, kind of the first source, that talks about this concept at all. Um, the Gemara doesn't really talk about it, um, the, um, because shuls like, weren't quite popular. It wasn't like a thing that we did till later, um, because there was Beis Hamikdash and people davened. But like to have like a synagogue was like a, a, a much a, like a later phenomenon. Um, so, so the Rambam in first one, uh, can someone read that? A platform is placed in the center of the hall so that the one who reads the Torah or one who gives a sermon can stand on it, so that all the others look at him. Right. So I think you said that too, right? So the Rambam says that the, uh, the um, 
the bima is in the middle of the shul because every it's easier for everyone to hear him. That's that's the reason because if everyone's surrounding it, it's much easier um, for people to hear. If it's all the way in the front, um, the people in the back can't can't necessarily hear so well. Um, the ironic thing I thought about this is that most rabbis don't give their sermons from the bima. I mean, like I do, we do in shul, but like in our shul in Tinek, he gives it up at the front near the Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I think that's very common. So it's interesting that um, that like this this bima thing being in the middle, and when we don't even really fully listen to this um, to begin with. So according to the Rambam, bima has to be in the middle. Does it? No. Why not? It's the so so what you're saying is that the Rambam's really according according it's a suggestion saying what. Meaning, like, it should be in the middle so that people can hear. Yeah. Okay, so you're actually putting it here. Um, the interesting thing, I'm going to put it in the middle. You know, I don't know the architecture of shuls really that well. You, you know, maybe you should do it. But I think that the way shuls were built in a certain way, I think it does, the sounds are different from where you stand and how you speak. Right. Because we never had microphones, and then those days they didn't have microphones anyway. It's right. funny, I was so, thinking about yeah. building materials. They're yeah. so different. That's like, right. Like our brick building is very different than the, the wood buildings in Poland. And yeah. Even, mm-hmm. you know, like every every area has their if own. If the shoes so went up like that, maybe so the middle really different. might have been worse. Exactly. And so therefore it was more necessary to have it in the middle than it would be now. That's what you're interesting. So Hannah was saying that the Rambam... Really, she thinks it can go that even the front. Anyone think otherwise? I mean, well, the Rambam says it should be in the middle. Right. So. I mean, on the plain surface, like, like he says it's supposed to be in the middle, and sure, he gives a reason, but he says it should be in the middle. He explains himself, but it's supposed to be in the middle, right? Um, but I think, I think at least on some levels, Hannah's right. Um, but it's an argument, basically. Um, most, just about, just about everyone takes um, my father's side and says that the, what the Rambam means, it's in the middle. It's like he says it's in the middle. It's in the middle. I mean, does he ever say things that he suggests? Is that the way people say when yeah, Rambam says things? Uh, sometimes you explain yourself. Oh. Sometimes. Yeah, but this is not like a. He says there are some opinions that it should be in the middle, and some. He just says the 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 bima has is in the middle. Right. But what's possible is that the, because he gives a reason, you you could then say that it only applies when the reason is there. But doesn't it take up more room in the shul having it yeah. in the middle? Doesn't it take away more seats? We're going to get to that. So so actually, this that should be here, more seats, right? It's yeah. it's, it's it's more comfortable. Yeah. Which is actually why our shul, it's not all the way in the middle, but it's in the, it's, in, it's not all the way in the front, but it's in the front for that reason, that they made this rule, and then three years later, they bought, bought a place to make a building, and they're like, uh, I guess we're kind of going to do it anyways, even though we're still going to have it in the middle, it's going to be kind of towards the front, because how in the world would you be able to sit, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm actually going to read first, too. Um, it's the Kesef Mishnah. Um, the Kesef Mishnah is the same person who wrote the Shulchan Aruch, um, and he made a commentary on on the Rambam. 
And the reason I want to read it is because I kind of messed up, as I was reading this on the way home, I kind of messed up the translation. Um, so it kind of has the same idea, um, but is not, is not fully accurate. So he writes, it's part of a lengthy thing, but I took out the two sentences that are relevant to us. So I'll, tra I'll translate instead of using this. Um, rather, in our downtrodden times, because we're not doing so well, um, they're small, they're small jewels, like Polish girls, not that big. Um, so everyone can hear from somebody in the front. And therefore, and it's nicer to have it in the front than have it be in the middle. Like, if you think about when you walk into a room, I think, I think, who said that kind of, um, like the focus forward idea? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're walking into a room, it's, it's prettier if everything's kind of like, you know, pushed forward. Instead of it being um, scattered throughout the room, there's something prettier about, about it being in the front. And also, it can be easier to hear, right? If everything's coming from one direction um, and easier to see, if everything's coming from one direction, um, it can be easier. Like, uh, if you're sitting all the way in the front, and the beam is in the back of you, um, it's not exactly great um, for, for, like, your experience. But if, like, everything's in front of you, it's a little easier to focus. It's a, it's a little better. Um, so, the Kesev Mishnah, obviously. Kesev Mishnah, on what side here? Right? He obviously thinks it's the front. Um, so that's, that's, that's fairly clear. Um, we're actually going to dispute that a little bit, which is kind of crazy. Would you be able to add for that the front, like you could have weddings more, you could have more um, people walk down an aisle? Um, it's more practical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's just another reason. So right now, I think, basically, the Rambam, we have the Rambam saying kind of no, like it has to be in the middle, and we have the Kesavishna saying no, it, it can be in the front. It's okay. There's yeah. Well, I mean, he's saying like if the if the shul is small, if the shul is small enough, so if the shul is small enough that everyone can then hear, everyone can hear. So basically, so you could right. So you you think he's um, or you you think he's not arguing? I don't think he's arguing with him. I think he's saying like what Hannah kind said. of what Hannah said. Yeah. So if it's if it's a suggestion based on reason, and he's saying in our case the reason doesn't apply, and more than that, it would be, it would make more sense. Right. Yeah. No. So I think so I think you're right. I think he would say like if it's a if it was a huge shul, that it should be in the middle. Right. So it's interesting. So we're going to see. So the Ramah in source three, um, the Ramah kind of brings back the Rambam, but doesn't give this qualification really. Um, that the Kesef Mishnah gives. Um, it's, it's the end of the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch is talking about certain things that you need in Shul. And he doesn't mention the beam at all, assumingly thinking that maybe it's okay to do it in the front. Um, the Ramah says, and we put the bima in the middle of the Shul so that the reader will go up and everyone will be able to hear. Right? Pretty cut and dry. Bima middle so that everyone can hear. 
But again, kind of like same thing that Hannah was saying earlier, um, but maybe, like, what if you can hear? Like, so we can always go back to that cat's definition that we can always say, maybe the cat's definition is true. There's one other idea. Um, there's this idea that comes up a lot um, that a shul is a mikdash ma'at, that it's a small temple. And that idea has originated in this pasuk in Yecheskel, um, but it's, it's, it's found all over the place. So I have here a, um, a diagram of the Beis HaMikdash, um, and does everyone see where the bima is? So where the Mizbeach is? I actually messed up that before. So where number 47 is? So that's the Mizbeach in the middle, and to the right of it's the Aron, and to the left of it's like where the people stood. Right, so if you notice, this actually kind of like is the shape of Kol Israel. That's kind of funny. Um, where the beam is in the middle, um, the Aron's all the way in the front, and the people are in back of the, are, are, are in back of it, right? So something that's going to come up is if our shul is a small mikdash, then maybe it should be like this, right? It should have to be like this. Maybe we can't make the... Well, that's what I felt. No, that's the way the Mishkan flows. Right. Ah, so, but this is even stronger. This is not just tradition. It's not that shuls have always been this way. Mm-hmm. It's saying that, like tradition, in the Beis HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. Right? That it's always, it's always in the Beis HaMikdash in the temple. It was like that, and so it has to be like that now. That was, the, that was a possible thought. Any reason why maybe that shouldn't be true? Well, because we don't have a basement anymore, and it can be replicated in everything we do now. Right. So, like, not everything is like, like, the basement yeah. just isn't, everything isn't like this. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like we don't keep a menorah up, we don't keep a shohan up. Like, like, why, who's to say everything? Like, not everything, right? Um, but... Like, just because Beit HaMidash, who said, it's like not everything should necessarily need to be. So I wanted to get to the actual issue. The, actually, before we do that, so what does everyone think? Like, if you have to vote. You're building a new shul. Half the shul wants it to be in the front. Half the shul wants it to be in the middle. You're the deciding person. Um, what do you, you know, do? Some shuls, like Winchester synagogues, they really, in the they really put it in the middle. But it can be taken apart. I mean, it, it can be separated, you know, for weddings or things like that. If, if, right? Okay, I, so they kind of get both. Yeah. But let's say you're building a new shawl, where, you, where, you, where are you going to put it? I'll put it in the middle, because I like the idea that everyone can hear. And that it's for everyone. Okay. So I like it in the middle, too. Even if it doesn't matter, even if everyone can well, hear in the front. Well, is your ambition to that the community is going to continue to grow and that you should have such a problem as that, you know? Like, right, but let's say your building is just not that big, right? Like, everyone's... everyone's Right, okay. So we, <laughs> I we, just we, like the thought that it has a replica somewhat of the base of Mikdash. I just like okay, the feeling. Okay, so we like these ideas. These ideas in the Rambam and in Yechezkel. We like these ideas. But I don't think it should take away seats for people. So, so what if it does? So what if Can't it does? Can't you have a smaller one if you have to pick a big one? But let's say it's going to take away seats. Does that matter? I mean, because it usually does. It usually does take away seats. In all seriousness. We voted middle. Okay, we're voting. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so <laughs> as we uh, it's okay as we go through the shoot, as we go through the Fatim sofa, as we go as we go through it, um, I'd like just to keep that question in mind. Is it something you need, or is it just something we want? Right. So the question, so it's interesting how the question is worded. Um, so the Khatam Sofer's 1800s Hungary, um, it comes up a lot because it's where reform was getting very strong. Um, so in his responsa, uh, he, it's interesting, he talks about like getting the letter. So it's, your letter reached me regarding an old synagogue that was demolished by the members of the community and a larger building was built to replace it and to glorify the house of God. And they want to put the bima from which the Torah is read at the front of the synagogue, um, adjacent to the Aron Kodesh, and not in the middle as it has been, saying that it is nicer and more spacious this way, um, and that if then if the bima is in the middle. And it actually ends this, like this in the Hebrew. And his soul is bound up in this question, is it appropriate to make this change or not? So like the person asking was very not sure. Of what to do. Um, so we're not going to read through all of it because um, it's long um, and we're going to have an Igris Moshe that kind of explains it so we're not going to go through all, this whole thing um, but you can keep it and at the end there's the Hebrew. Um, would somebody like to start the reading for this? Answer? Yeah. Sure. Um, you yourself correctly cited Rambam, who explained that we build the lectern in the middle of the synagogue so that everyone can hear equally. And the tour and the Rima wrote similarly, and anyone who changes anything has the burden of proof. Okay. So, right, so we heard the Ramah, and the Ramah, uh, uh, the Rambam, who initially said um, that it's so everyone could hear, and the Ramah kind of said that too, or not kind of, he said that too. And this is a, an interesting concept, that anyone who wants to change something needs to prove that it's better. Meaning, like, you can't just say, um, okay, I think it's going to be better in the front. You really need to be able to prove that fact, um, because there's a standard already set. Yeah, continue. However, the Kesef Mishnah wrote in order to provide post facto justification for those locations in foreign lands where the Bima was in the front of the synagogue. Okay. So, what the Khatan of what the Khatam Sofer is saying is that what the Kesef Mishnah was saying, when he said it's okay to have it in the front, he was only saying that as a post facto, like after the fact, saying why it was okay they were doing what they were doing. He wasn't saying that, <coughs> oh, you know, um, you're allowed to put it in the front. Rather, he was saying, okay, people are putting it in the front. Here's why it's not such a big deal. When we go back to it in Source 2, does the Kesa Mishnah say that? No. Why not? I mean, it's not, it's not making any, it's not made, making any specification that makes you think this is like an after-the-fact thing. Right. It's during these times, it's okay to put it in the front, right? That's what the Kesa Mishnah, Mishnah says. So, the, it's also the fact that we're so afraid of uh, making every little change, and there's really no halachas for things. It's amazing. Well, here they're, way. Here they're kind of it, kind yeah. of, right? They're kind of it, yeah. right? But as we said, maybe there's not. 
what he what Rakatam Sofer is saying is that really this allowance is not really existent and there's a law. Um, but as we said, it's kind of confusing because like that's not what the Kesef Mishnah says. Is the Rakatam Sofer the one who said um, like anything new is forbidden? It's actually in there. Oh, okay. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, just for you. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> um, so he, he then quotes the Chazim Sofer for a while. Um, uh, okay, so then in, so then he continues, um, sorry, after the quote, um, and this, and this matter, just uh, two lines down. And this matter, yeah. and this matter is a long section of the Talmud in Sukkah 51b regarding the men of Alexandria. And the Kesef Mishnah has written well in order to provide post facto justification for those communities who practice whose practice is against what the Talmud called for. However, it seems to me that the communities have made an error, for if in Alexandria, where they could not fear and needed to rely on signs, they nonetheless had the demon in the middle. Even though they could see the signs being waved just as easily if the bima were in front and two sets of signs could have been set up as necessary, and even so they, they did not consider it appropriate to set up the synagogue in this way. Okay, so he's bringing in a whole different thing. Um, it's not as far as I, we went through. But um, there was the Gemara talks about a shul in Alexandria in Egypt um, that was so huge that people couldn't hear at all. Um, that it was like, you know, stadium seating and without microphones, like in a huge auditorium, there's just like no way you'd be able to hear. So what they did was they put up, they had these signs that they would like put up when you were supposed to say Amen. That it was like so far away that you didn't even know when you were supposed to say Amen. So they just like, it's like, and everyone responded. And so what the Chatham Sofer is saying is that even in that shul, they put it in the middle, right? When clearly it didn't matter whether or not people could hear it because people couldn't hear it all anyway. Um, so even in there, they still put it in the middle. Clearly, there's some. So putting thing it somewhere else. like it, it's a situation where it didn't make a difference. Right. Like putting it putting it in the middle versus putting it in the it wouldn't have made it better to hear it in the front. That's like versus a situation where putting it in the front made it better to hear. Ah, so, so like you can't really right. compare this. So thing. it's not really proof. All it's saying is okay. So they decide to put it in the middle, yeah. maybe for different reasons. Or, or even if the even if the reason was like for maintaining the tradition, it was in the face of it not making a difference. Right. So it's interesting because he he sees that as a proof um, that um, if it's in the middle when it doesn't need to be, therefore it always should be. Um, what Dan's kind of saying is the opposite: is that okay? So they put it in the middle, but like maybe they built it that way originally, or like maybe when it doesn't matter. Um, like who's to say they should have put it in the front? Maybe they did it for some other reason. Like it just doesn't make a difference. Okay. Um, so then he goes on to whole explain um, a whole bunch of other things, um, which I don't want to go into fully. Um, uh, okay. One second. Oh. Okay, so so he, he, he then goes on to explain, he does it in a little complicated way, but he then goes on to explain this idea of it being like the Mizbeach and that it should always be like the Mizbeach. Um, 
then he goes on to say about how, um, actually, he goes on to say what, what Rachel was saying originally, um, that, um, that you should hope that it gets bigger. Um, like the, um, we see from this that they considered it better as a way for people to hear. And praise be to God, the community has not shrunk, shrunk on the contrary, it has grown. And therefore, even if it had originally been built at the front of the synagogue, that would have been because the community was small. And if the building is to be rebuilt for a larger community, then downly must have a bima in the middle. Right? So it was like this idea, if it gets bigger, you're going to have to rebuild it, so just put it there to begin with. Um, then he goes, this is this last part is, is very confusing, so I don't want to go into it fully. Um, but he goes into, he proves from the Beit HaMegdash, um, that there's a conversation in the Beit HaMegdash that you're not allowed to move anything from the specification, um, that even a board that's in the, on the south side, you're not allowed to move it to the north side. If it's for the south side, it's for the south side. So he uses that as this idea of that you're not allowed to move things around in a shul. Um, and actually, it's exactly what Dan mentioned at the beginning um, in the second-to-last line. And the general rule, rule is the Torah forbids anything new. Um, and, you should and he actually goes further in the end, and you should prevent by force the placement of the bima in the front of the synagogue. So the Khatam Sofer is like super against this, and he gives like a whole bunch of reasons, right? He gives like a whole bunch of the ones I give, uh, a whole bunch of the ones we give, right? It's hearing better, it's focusing, it's tradition, it's based on Mingdash. It's all these things make this usher. And not only usher, but like the type of thing you should force people not to do. The thing is, is that like, we kind of like saw a whole bunch of problems with that, right? On every one of these things, we kind of have the opposite here. Um, we have, um, sure, it's distinguishing, but like that's only because that's how it's been, right? Had we switch it, then it'll be better for hearing. Everyone will focus forward. Um, if it's hearing for better, right, it's not necessarily true. If it's a small place, um, I mean, the belonging as one is like a nice one. Um, but it's, it's, you know, for each of these kind of, for the most part, we have like opposite sides. We have like an opposite idea um, on the other way. Um, so it's kind of odd that, that he's so against it. Like I could hear him saying this is better. But that's not what he's saying, right? He's literally saying it's us. It's like not allowed, it is forbidden to do this, to put it in the front um, rather than putting it on the, in the middle. And it needs to be in the middle. So what's kind of cool um, is a lot of times when you have this type of conversation where you're like not sure what the thought process is, um, sometimes somebody else argues with them and kind of explains their thought process. Um, and that's actually what happens here. Um, Igris Moshe or Moshe Feinstein um, is asked the same question, and he gives an answer, and not only gives an answer, but explains why the Khatam Sofer is right for Hungary, um, but wrong for the United States. Um, and he's well, yeah, oh, and he's actually talking to a rabbi in Wichita, Wichita Kansas, which I didn't know had a Jewish community in 1959, <laughs> um, but apparently it did. Um, yeah. Also, just like, I mean, the underlined part. Yeah. Like in the Hebrews, he's saying it's biblically forbidden. 
Hakadosh Asher Min Torah, right? So I, what I had is the Torah for that. Yeah, so like, right. like the, like, the distinguish. It's like, almost like a Doraisa. Yeah, he's saying not like rabbinically, right. like. Yeah, I mean it's so strong. Yeah. So, Vikas Moshe is going to say something very different um, regarding a bima that is not in the middle of the synagogue. To my dear friends, Rabbi Nachman Mayor Bar. Bernard Schlita, Rabbi of Wichita, Kansas. I, it's so funny how they write um, their intros. Um, but some they of, never say how big it has to be, correct? No. I mean, it needs to be big enough to hold the Torah. Yeah, but they're always bigger. Like, people are standing up there, you know, people are reading it, re- while a person's learning, there's three people around and watching them learn. Right. I mean, could, could it be just enough for a Torah and one person? So Does it have to be big enough? You need people standing there. Why? Be- for other reasons. But, like, but it, couldn't, it doesn't necessarily need to be a platform. Right. It could be on the ground, yeah. and people could stand around it, in That's, which case yeah. you just need an, an aisle way. And it doesn't, like, the beam as I know, there are, there are places where you sit while you hold the Torah, that someone's holding the Torah. I mean, right. it, it's big. Right. It doesn't necessarily need to be so big. Um, can somebody read the Igris Moshe? Regarding the issue of a bima in the middle of the synagogue, certainly it should be placed in the middle, but as to the question of whether one will pray in a synagogue that does not have the bima in the middle, it is not appropriate to forbid based on this. And regarding that which was said in Hungary that is forbidden... That's the first two, though. I do not <laughs> fully understand the basis for it. For that. It must have been something limited to that time and place as a measure to combat reform. For in those places, this was the beginning of reform. But in other places where the intent of moving the bima was not for reform, rather so that there should be more speech, or for other similar reasons, there is no reason to forbid praying there. For bima location is not one of the essential rules of the sanctity of the synagogue. Rather, it is for the purpose of making sure that all worshippers can hear the Torah reading, as it is explicit in the Mav 150. Okay. So the, the um, Rav Moshe kind of comes to like where I think we were. It's saying like this is better. This is certainly it should be placed in the middle. And the main reason is for hearing. And the main reason for hearing, because that's what the sources say. But those sources aren't like it's us or not to. It's just like it's better because it's better for hearing, and that's where you should put it. And you should put it for all these reasons. But like. Is it usher? No. Rather, what he's saying, he's, he's like making a claim on the Hassan Sofer, um, is saying like he's agenda-driven, right? He's trying to make an usher um, so that it'll combat this reform thing that's happening um, where everyone's putting it to the front, and so therefore we have to like staunchly say we're going to put it in the middle. And... I don't know. That's kind of what I read into the articles of incorporation at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, it's not halakhic, right? It's certainly, it's the whole point is so such other strictly orthodox customs which are now falling under um, into disuse. It's about, um, like, keeping things the way they were and not, like, a true reason. Um, which is interesting that he kind of calls them out on that. Um, well, but like I'm not going to give a percentage. 
but lots of the things, um, an unbelievable amount that we do is is from the Nahagam. Right. And um, and it, to a point that you feel like you're doing something halakhically wrong. Yeah. And it's so, min, a min Yisrael. I mean. Right. And what he's saying, and what 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 the, what the what Ramosha is saying is that. Therefore, you should do it. You should keep it in the middle. It's better. It's like the way we've done it. It's like it's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, like if... There's nothing wrong with the little people can't be afraid of every change yeah. that we make, that we're going to become reformed Jews if we don't have it in the middle, you know? Right. That's what it's kind of making you feel like. All of a sudden, you'll be a reformed Jew. And anyway, I'll, he's so hot. These people are Hungarian. But it's also not you... Should consider not being in the middle, but yeah. if it's already been done, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so he actually goes even a little farther than that. He's a little stronger than that, um, because actually because of the chassan sofer, he actually quotes him. Um, uh, th- therefore, even though it is obviously preferable to place the bima in the middle so as not to change the custom of our land, and see to chassan sofer or chaim twenty three, right? That's the one we read who gives an own reason from his own thinking for why to prohibit the bima not in the middle, which is the ink, there's, you're not allowed to change things, um, reason. Um, and even though it's re- his reasoning is not conclusive, nonetheless, it is certainly appropriate to be sensitive to his concerns when possible. So what, what Ramosha is kind of saying is, like, we're going to be a little machmir because, like, there's a legitimate reason, but it's not so strong um, when possible, right? That's kind of like the... Thing. Um, however, to prohibit prayer, even according to his reasons, there's no place for this. So, if you only have one shul and the bima is in the front, Ramosha is like totally okay. Chazam um, Sofer wouldn't say so. It's like, no, it's like you're not allowed to change the shul. Um, and the truth is that the rumors that in some places it was prohibited only as a decree of their land because of reform, and if the two synagogues, one with the bima in the middle and one with the bima at the end, one should make his settled prior location in the synagogue with the bima in the middle, since that is the correct and appropriate location. So that's a little stronger, right? Like, if you have two options, there's a shul in the front that you like a little more, and a shul in the middle that you that you like, but not as much, um, you should go to the one in the middle instead. That um, should be your basis of deciding on what shul to go to. You think so. Wow. wow. Well, one of those. Well, the other shul that's far from here, do they also <laughs> that have a bima in the middle? I don't know, probably, right? Uh, Where it takes up? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's in the front, like it's in the front, it's in the front, like yeah, the same (laughs) argument. Yeah, but no, it's interesting. I don't know if you really would ever see. I was never seen an Orthodox shul with a with a bima facing the congregation in the front. I've like literally never seen that before. Um, not that I've been to so many. And not that I never pay attention. Now all of a sudden I'll pay mm. attention. But I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen that before in my life. And I've seen it in conservative schools. And yeah. I've seen it in reform schools. I've literally never seen it before. And yeah, definitely. Cons- I mean, that's how my like my conservative school growing up. Was right. Front, like. Totally. Um, but I've never seen it. And what I didn't understand, what I, I, was thinking, what I was thinking about is, why did this happen? Right? The sources are like, semi-strong, not really, um, that it shouldn't be okay, but, like, they're not great, meaning, like, Ramosha is, like, a little strict, but kind of only because the Chassam Sofer is so strict. Like, how did that happen? 
Um, and I think this is like a lot to do with the first class, the first, um, the first year. There's like an equilibrium of two things happening at the same time. There are the sources, and there are the rabbis that say the sources, and there's also the people. If you notice, the Articles of Incorporation doesn't, isn't written by a rabbi, it's written by a board and a president. It's written by like lay people who don't necessarily know the halacha, but they know like what Judaism's supposed to be like. They have this feeling of what is right. And the Chassim Sofer is coming from a different angle. He's coming from, what are the sources? What do I think the source is like? And the Ramosha is coming from, what do I think the sources are like? But all the people are saying, yeah, you know? Like, otherwise I would have thought this would have been a thing. Like, oh, some shuls have it in the front, some shuls have it in the middle, most have it in the middle, but like, every so often, like, it's not a thing. And I think this is similar in some ways to Mahitza, um, which is interesting, because those are the two things they have here, um, where the sources are pretty strong that those two things need to exist a lot for the same reason. Um, so it's like the base of English. Um, and those two things kind of, for some reason, there's this intuitive idea um, that that's necessary. Um, and, and like, this shoot is not really the reason that no shuls do it. It's the Articles of Incorporation that's the reason why no shuls do it. Um, because, like, there was, like, an intuitive idea. And so, kind of, the halacha happens when those two things can connect. Um, and you see that really strongly um, in the question of the response of um, the Chatham Sofer, where he's gonna, we know, we now know he's gonna say, oh, it's Aser, but the person asking the question is very conflicted. Um, the person asking the question is saying, okay, everyone wants it in front, but I feel like that's wrong, and I don't know why, and I'm conflicted. So tell me why, like, kind of explain to me why it's wrong. And so the Chatham Sofer explains to him why, why your intuition is right. Um, but in the end of the day, that's kind of what makes the halacha, um, is, that, is that intuition of understanding um, what, what halacha should be, and that, how that connects um, with the rabbi answering the question. Um, so it's like a lot. That's why I, I wanted to um, have this be one of the early ones, because uh, I think it's a really good example of, of those two things butting heads a little bit, um, and eventually like the intuition fully going with um, the semi-intuition the semi going with the semi-halacha and having it just become normative. Um, and now we've reached a, an equilibrium on this question. It's not a question anymore, right? And like, but here it was, in the 50s it was, or in the 20s, I guess. Um, it was a question whether or not you would do this, and like, at that point it was a conflict, and like kind of at this point, the intuition has won, and there's like a, and there's a nice equilibrium. Uh, so, any other, any other thoughts? It seems like at least in this one, the intuition had more to do with the reasons than, like, the reasons for suggesting it than the, the thing itself. Because, like, like, the Kassifishnah is saying that there were shuls that had it that way. So obviously, like, those communities, their intuition said it was okay for it to happen. And so, like, you could say that was because the reasons for doing it were legitimate. Right. The intuition said it was okay. Um, my under I, don't, I don't know for sure about this, but my understanding with, like, 
when the reform movement started making that change specifically was that it was to be like to be more like churches right. like to to not stand out so much so i think so, so that's like the intuition was that that's not a legitimate reason right so i think that's true and it goes back to what what you said all the way at the beginning um is that like it was something that distinguished the shul and they were making it look like other things what's interesting is that neither like i would have thought that was such a good reason to make this author like if you're looking for reasons like saying it's oh it's kukaragoyim it's a way of non-Jews and we want to we have our way and we, we can't switch it to their way like it's fascinating that they don't use that I would have thought it um, and it's interesting that they use instead against like the Orthodox is using it against not to be like Reform instead of not to be like Christians um, which is interesting in its own right I don't know too much about this so I'm kind of guessing but I think a lot of the Reform way of doing that was following the Protestant, right. like the liturgy was changed to follow more Protestant church service and like all the structure. And I wonder if like, like when you think of like Catholic cathedrals, how actually the way people sit in the room is different. Um, and I don't know too much about this, but it's, it's less of like the very front and then everyone else, but there's like, it's kind of broken out in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Like the I've I've seen it before. Like the like the person giving the sermon is like on a separate thing that he takes a staircase up. Yeah, but also like the maybe we I don't know we can find right. a picture, but like I think it's not just like it's just broken out in different ways. Okay. And so I I wonder if also it's just like back in the day whenever that was written, like if you're following. Whenever, you know, maybe... It wasn't such a Christian thing, necessarily. Yeah, and maybe, like, other religions were doing other things at that time, and it looked different, right. whereas, like, in the 19th century, there was that, like, fight against Protestantism. Right, that I don't know. It sounds like they were more afraid of the reform movement than they were of Christianity. Right, which yeah. is in- which I think yeah. is... Yeah. is interesting yeah. in its own right. But what you're saying is also the reform movement took off from Christianity. They were taking from Christianity. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For right. sure. But I think of of similar, of their Christian peers at that yeah. time, which yeah. may have been different than the Christian peers. There's, no. Right, yeah. Yeah, I recently did his Temple Manual, which is so hard to in New York. And it was very interesting to see. I mean, they huge, huge sanctuary, but it, it really, it does definitely look more like a church than, um, you know, what I'm used to seeing in a synagogue. They had the organ in the back, and they only had it in the front. And like what you were describing, the rabbi walked up to the side to give his speech. Uh, it was interesting to see the difference. And I think there's sort of, I, I, I don't know, but maybe it's not such a, it's more of a non-Jewish concept to have the priest sort of be elevated or sort of resemble the divine. And in Judaism, the only thing that's supposed to be divine is supposed to be the Torah in the front. And so man sort of like takes a step back and even if someone's waiting, they're not higher than everyone else in a church and in, you know, synagogues that resemble churches, there's definitely that feeling of 
is the person who's really like communing with God and then everyone else is kind of watching. watching. Right. There are schools though that younger groups of I think it was the younger groups of Fair Avenue, right in the uh, village, Rabbi Walker Lanza. Didn't he walk up like steps and have an area on top and that's where he spoke from? Right, there are speech there are yeah. places that are like that. I always thought that was like oh, unique yeah. and different. I didn't understand it. <laughs> I think they just were trying to make more space. Right, but I, I think this is part of what, what what I think we could get at is like it's all these reasons make it intuitively make sense to keep it. Um, like there's a halakhic intuition that that we had as a community. Um, but I have to, keep to say when I when I when I see a shul build at the end of the middle, I feel they're losing money. If they could have a catering hall and weddings going on, they would make much more money. And I think that's an important thing and because they, they lose a lot of seats also. and everything like that. And I and I think that you know that should be considered too because to be able to have weddings and and, and parties and the thing brings in, you know, yeah. good that, you know. It's interesting when you mentioned before about was it the Lincoln Square synagogue yeah. that, that they seem to be taken down yeah. and taken apart. Yeah. It's kind of like a I mean the pieces can be taken off. I mean everything yeah. can be done, you know. Um an interesting kind of tale of this is um so my husband works for Leaves of York, which is this big Jewish learning conference. Uh-huh. Um and this year um Rabbi Avi Weiss was there, and mm. I didn't hear him speak, but someone I know posted recently on Facebook about something he spoke about, and he said one of the most painful experiences for him was being at the board meeting where they had they were deciding whether or not to put in ramps to make the school accessible, and they had to take out seats. And at the I mean, and the conversation was actually about losing high holiday income because there are less yeah. seats for people. But it's also interesting this idea of like you put it in the middle so people can hear yeah. that this was another take on you're losing seats to make it more accessible for mm. everyone or for certain groups. Interesting. This is yeah. I was reading an article in the New Yorker, as it's my habit, <laughs> uh, and this was about uh, Justice Scalia. But that's not the point. Uh, I read a line that made me think of the topic of here, and I thought I would share it with the group. Um, so it was talking, it was debating how influential Justice Scalia was over the course of his career, because he advocated for a lot of things that, you know, didn't, you know, he was against affirmative action, affirmative action still exists, he was against certain things, many of the things he was against are still, that's what's happening in American law today. So I saw this line, for all that presidents shaped the court, the justices rarely stray too far from public opinion. And on social issues where the court has the final word, the word, the real problem for Scalia's heirs, heirs is that they were out of step with the rest of the nation. So I thought this was an interesting like parallel to what we're discussing about, um, you know, rabbis do interpret the law, the parallel being that court justices interpret the Constitution, but at the end of the day, if they're out of step with what the nation is doing, it won't it won't matter. It won't matter. Right. So, and then it goes on to say, I'm sorry, and then it goes on to say that if the public, what the public wants is going to be what, what eventually happens, even if uh, the 
justices or rabbis have very passionate views the opposite way. I mean, this one is where they kind of conflated, but yeah, that's a good, I should add that to the first year short sheet. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's a good one. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it's always interesting to compare. I think the Supreme Court is always a cool comparison between, you know, <coughs> interpretation of Jewish law. Yeah. Totally. But it sort of does because I guess the, you know, our the public intuition was that the I just want to point out that if you look at why you read the base Medrash, both in Greek and in, in yeah, Isis, everything is up front. They don't have a Bina anymore. Right, but they it's up front the way ours is up front, right? Yes, but they so, don't have anything in the middle, and Greek is the cornerstone of, of, of right, but I. From what I understand, I think we're, people are still considering that to be in the middle. Like, I think if you ask the rabbin there, they would say, oh, it's still in the middle. What they mean is it's not like with it on top, facing the other way. It's not like it doesn't resemble. Like, I don't think that's what we're... The, the, that was a form the of a compromise. We didn't, we didn't read this part, but the, the Hassan Trefer actually kind of like went there. Yeah. Um, he says like, Something like even um, where where ours are close to are close like more towards the front. They're like towards the front in the sense of the. Um, now where was that? Um, <coughs> oh yeah, the the last sentence of the first big paragraph. And since our beam is towards the front, like the inner mizbeach. All the same, it should be in, so. Oh, right, yeah. He sort yeah. of. Right, so, which is like, if in the picture, right? Like, the inner mizayach is, is more towards the front. Yeah. It's like right in front of the arm. And I mean, like, if you get Even rid of the stuff behind there that, like, wouldn't exist yeah. in, in the shul. Exactly. You don't have, like. A whole inner sanctuary. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's, so it is it kind of like, looks like Yeah. yeah. So, um, in which case, um, do it like this, then it should look like this, even though. Even though it is kind of towards the front, which is, it's just funny that it's talking about it like being in the middle when it's not really in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It just kind of gets rid of the hearing thing. A little bit, but not really. Like, it's still like, it can be towards the front, it just can't yeah. be all the way. Yeah, so when you okay. said that just now about the way that people were unhappy about the ram, because takeaway said, I want you to know that I, it pained me. It actually pained me. Because I remember when Avi Weiss was doing that, like I remember it vividly, and I actually went to the shul to see it, mm. and it was, I was so proud. I mean, the only thing I remember feeling that I remember feeling it took away seats, but it, I felt bad because I wanted more people to go to hear Avi Weiss. <laughs> you know, it had nothing to do with the money because that's not where my mind was coming from, but. I, I it actually I had to verbalize it. Mm. Actually, pain that people went there. You know. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so thank you everyone for coming. And um, so, Call Israel is story. keeping it in. Call Israel is keeping it in. It's in the That's the bottom line. It's in the bylaws, even if we wanted to change it. Oh, really? It's in the bylaws? It's in the bylaws. It's in the articles of incorporation. Literally, we'd have to switch the shul. We'd have to make it a different place.
Like people okay. could sue over this if they wanted to. 